You are about to enter the courtroom of Judge Bill Handel. The people are real. The cases are real. The rulings are final. This is Judge Handel. It's time, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Why do you say that? Who the hell says that? Or do they have a case? Wayne Resnick, every week, researches cases that are either about to be heard, or have been heard, decided, and are on appeal, uh, or have been appealed and have been decided. Does that make sense? It does. Yes. Okay, let's start. Uh, you know what I got to do first. Oh, yes. KFI Mixer. Yeah, donate now to help the American Red Cross Initiative to get prepared, California. And you and a guest can mix and mingle with the KFI crew. It's an exclusive evening at the beautiful OUE Sky Space in Los Angeles. Cocktails, appetizers, meet all the team, live Q&A, photo opportunities. You have to be 21 years or older to attend. They're limited tickets, so you want to get them before they're gone. For more details... Log on to KFIAM640.com and search the word Mixer. If I were a judge and someone uh, made a motion uh, in my courtroom to get rid of that, uh, how do you think that would do? Uh, Summarily granted without even hearing from the other side. That is correct. Okay. First case. All right. So uh, a guy has business at a pawn shop, the Gold Nugget Pawn Shop. And he shows up, and there's a cop car there, and there are two uniformed officers, and one of them's looking into the window of the pawn shop. And he doesn't, you know, he's not doing anything wrong, so he doesn't think anything. And he goes, hey, how you doing? How you doing? And then the cops go into the pawn shop, and he goes in behind them. And unbeknownst to him, the cops are there responding to a silent alarm from inside. So as this guy walks in... Behind the cops. Behind the cops that he's already exchanged pleasantries with, uh, he is faced with the robber running out. And one of the cops shoots at the robber and hits this guy in the butt. He sues the cops... Does he have a case? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because it all depends on whether the police were an imminent threat to themselves or to others. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. The robber, the robber shot. I'm so sorry. The robber shot one of the cops in the arm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then the other officer returned fire and hit this bystander in the butt. Too bad if you're a bystander. Stuff happens. You want to know Uh, what his argument is? uh, Sure. They should have told me when we were outside, hey, there's a silent alarm. Something's Mm. going on in there. And they did not. And that's a failure of proper training. You know what? And therefore. That is. You know what? Now you keep on adding stuff to this. I know. Which I go back and forth and back and forth. Just like a real case where people come up with new stuff at every turn. Right. Uh, Yes. All right. So should the police have warned them that there is a. Did they see him? Did they see him going in? Did they know he was coming in behind them? Uh, it is highly. They say no, and it is quite believable that not because he went in after they had gone in. Right. If it turns out that uh, that they didn't know he was coming in, then there's no issue. That's a no-brainer. If it turns out they did know uh, that there was the uh, that they did see him, 
and knew that he was following them, they should have turned around and said, get out of here. Uh, that's the way I'm ruling. So uh, does he have a case? It all depends on whether or not it's a factual issue. Uh, I think the the issue itself is, did they know he was going in? And if they did, I think they have a duty to say, get the hell out of here. That's what I think. You are correct. Ah! And that is what the appeals court said. They said, you know what? They didn't know you were walking in behind them. And he said, but they saw me coming up to the place outside. And they said, well, that's not the same thing. Right. And uh, what happened to you does not, and this is, I guess, the legal standard here, it does not shock the conscience what they did. Oh, it's interesting. And I mean, so they have uh, where, the old is, qualified but, immunity. Uh, but to argue shock the conscience in anymore, terms of not in terms no, of being like no, reckless, it. or it has to be outrageous. Uh, but I haven't heard that in such a long time because uh, when it's dealing with police brutality or the wrongdoing of police, I don't think shock the conscience uh, as public policy d- works anymore. Uh, I'm surprised the, ju- the the court said that. Okay, let's do one more. All right. Uh, this has to do with the union, and uh, there's a nursing home, and they had a vote whether they were going to be represented by a union, and it passed, 35 to 31, and the company immediately appealed and said, oh, no, 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 there's so many problems with what happened. Representatives from the union were approaching people as they were coming to work and standing in the way of their car to tell them, hey, you should vote for the union. And two people said that they uh, felt that they were being threatened with physical violence by representatives of the union. Okay. And therefore, yeah, the so vote far, was not free right. and fair. So far, that's easy. And that's, that's the case. That's oh, the case. There's no, if there's any credulity to the, uh, uh, the coercion or stopping people from coming in, union screwed. Oh. Oh, come on. Come on. Coercion. Threatening violence if they don't vote their way? Please. Please. Well, the uh, Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia said they still get to be represented by the union. See, that's crazy. The company cannot undo of, really? that Really? They election. can't undo straight-out coercion. Well, the, assuming they believe that, assuming well, the commission believe that. They got into a big argument about, you know, was it coercion or was it just... Uh, enthusiasm. That's in terms of coming up to the cars. I don't think they can And then the do... other thing had to do with very, it was generic allegations of like, yeah, the union's going to F you up if you don't vote for the union. But was it a specific union rep that they said said that? Yeah. yeah I got I just don't, yeah. yeah, that's the courts being weird. That's all that is. I can't imagine where they argue there's duress and there is credibility to the duress. That's assuming that the court believed that. And uh, maybe the court found that maybe these things happened, but we don't feel anybody voted uh, the way they didn't want to vote because of it. Maybe. Or they just didn't believe uh, the people that work there, the employees. Could be. Court is nuts. (laughs) That's my ruling. There it is. All right. Coming up, we'll finish this up. Fair enough. KFI AM 640. It's a Monday morning, May 7th. Big stories that we are covering here through the rest of the day. It looks like it strikes by UC workers, 50,000 of those, and LAUSD support staff, 30,000 of those. And they're looking here, looking at a strike. And of course, Rudy Giuliani sticking all three of his feet in his mouth. Okay, more. 
Do they have a case? Wayne. Well, there's a city in North Carolina called Rocky Mount. And in that city is a little strip club called Gentleman's Playground. Well, they have to get a license. And they have an ordinance to regulate uh, adult businesses. And the owners of the strip club have sued the city saying that it's an unconstitutional set of rules. And there's two specific things they focus on. One of them, in that city, you cannot be a license holder for a strip club if you're between 18 and 21. You have to be over 21, which they say is arbitrary and capricious, and why not? Then the other one is this. They say the police chief there basically has unfettered discretion to approve or deny these licenses because one of the requirements is that the license, if granted, would be for a business that's operating in compliance with all the other laws. And you think of obvious ones, zoning, health laws or whatever. But because the ordinance doesn't say which laws, the chief of police can decide any old law that he wants that maybe you would not be complying with. I deny your license. So this goes all the way up to the federal appeals courts because the district court judge basically said, bah, strip club, shut up. The strip club said, no, we're not going to shut up. So they go to the Fourth Circuit uh, Court of Appeals. And what do you think happened up there with those two things? Uh, Well, I think the first one, you have to be 21 years old to have a license. I think that would fly, uh, is my guess. Uh, Much like selling alcohol. uh, Well, it depends. If you're 18 years old and you can attend a strip club, I don't know why you can't uh, then open up a, uh, you can have a license, all things being equal. But I'm going to say that one, I think the court would have an, an easier time upholding. As far as the police chief is concerned, if the strip club has met all of the elements that every other business has done to give the police chief that much of an arbitrary uh, power that's capricious and it sounds like he just does, he's saying no just because he does not like strip clubs. And he is putting his moral position onto this. I'm going to say strip club wins. Yes, they do. And what what the appeals court said is... If you're going to have a, a, a requirement that you uh, apply, you, that you follow all laws, you have to list the laws. That way, someone can objectively determine whether you denied them a license because this, like this health law, and your kitchen doesn't have a, a venting hood that you're supposed to have. But because it could be any law that he could come up with out of his head, they said uh, overbroad, prior restraint, basically. Is what it is. Okay. All right. So I like, far, so good. I like this guy in this case. I like him a lot. His First of all, I like his name. His name is Levi Stoltzfus. And, uh, nice Dutch-German name. I guess, yeah. And it makes me think of those Stroopwafels. <laughs> so uh, over the course of his life, he saved money. And he got to the point where he had saved uh, $541,000. I'm sorry, $541,000 thousand one hundred dollars i don't want to slight the man's accomplishment which he kept in cash at his house well one day he decided i should probably put this money in the bank but i don't want one of those pesky currency transaction reports if i deposit more than ten thousand dollars and so over the course of uh about a month he made fifty eight different deposits all of them were under ten thousand dollars at and at at least 10 different 
banks. And most of the deposits were between $9,000 and $9,900. Well, one of the employees at the banks goes, this is very suspicious. Because it just so happens that it's illegal to structure your transactions to avoid the reporting requirements. So he gets charged and he gets convicted and he appeals. And uh, this is his argument. It's not, I'll tell you right now, the argument isn't that great. He says the law against structuring your transactions so no reporting requirements are met is unconstitutional because I didn't have any criminal intent. That's his argument. It's unconstitutional because I didn't have any criminal intent. Now, you know there are laws that are intent crimes and there are laws that are not intent crimes. And this particular statute does not say that he has to willfully right. do it. He j- the, the two elements are you make the deposits of less than $10,000 and you're aware of the reporting requirement. You're aware that there's right. a requirement. That's so, all that's necessary so an under the statute. So an underlying criminal act that means nothing, whether it is or isn't, because the law in and of itself uh, demands it, and it's not an it's not an underlying intent. That's all there is to it. Yeah, and you're, so, you're, so you're he, equally guilty if the money are. is a hundred percent legitimate, right? And you're not trying to get away with anything. Yep. Although who would who wouldn't just put it yep. all in if you weren't trying? Right. But some people go like, oh, I don't want the IRS to come around. And, they, and they're going to ask. You say, I've saved it over the course of years, and you're done. And it's just stupid. And there's civil forfeiture, too. Well, that's the other part they're of it. They took the, all of it. All of it. He could, But he could apply to have it back, and they will keep 15. Because I think, well, I don't know. It's it's a criminal forfeiture now. Right. And, and, and this was another part of his argument. It's sort of a separate thing. He said, that's too much money. You're, uh, it's cruel and unusual punishment oh, yeah, that you took too. all of my life yeah, savings. That's true. Now and they said, but you structured all of your life savings, and it could go either way. By the way, because I was once involved in a case, uh, not me personally, but I was involved with a friend of mine, very early legal days, uh, that took some money to Brazil, seventy six thousand uh, dollars, and didn't report it and got tagged for it, and it was going to a charity. It was I told you about this case. It was Manny, yeah. Manny Riel was involved, the, the judge. And uh, they picked it up, and uh, it was ruled that that was a civil forfeiture mm-hmm. as opposed to a criminal, which allowed this woman to file a motion in front of the court. She got her money back less 15% that the law allows uh, them to keep for administrative <laughs> issues. For the cost of taking all your money away. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's completely crazy. All right. It was good stuff. So yeah. I was right, except in the one uh, case. You're three for four, and, that, know, and that, four. One, and that one, yes, that one case is one of those nutty cases where if you, if you see it on paper, you would think it goes one way, but who knows what actually happened live in the courtroom. Yeah, it could be that it was a bad argument made by a lawyer. Uh, the other side just had a really more persuasive argument, even though wrong. Like a good defense attorney. Or you had a judge who, you know, maybe had a little bias in his head. Could be. One way or the other. It does right. happen. Thank you, Wayne. All right. We come back again tomorrow when we start this all over again at 5 a.m. with Wake Up Call. And then I come aboard at 6. And Jennifer Jones Lee is back. And Gary and Shannon are coming right up. Handle in the morning crew, KFI AM 640.